Super Bowl champion. My name is my name, Super Bowl champion. I don't know what y'all want me to do with it. <laughs> I mean, I got what they can't have, Super Bowl championship. And they want the rings. They do, man. They want my ring. And my friends won't talk to me because of it. My name is my name. I am who I am. I am the greatest podcaster, basketball podcaster, sports podcaster, entertainer that lives. I'm just unknown right now, guys. And when it blows up in years to come, when I'm 40, yeah, when I'm 40, got a college degree, putting my kids to bed, and I get a call, hey man, your podcast made it, come on over, we're going to get you set up. These friends are going to regret not talking to me, okay? <laughs> you don't understand, guys, they're afraid, they, they don't want to kiss the rings. Chris texts me, uh, diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan, oh by the way, episode 42 of Shooting the Shit with Sands, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Back to the story. Get a text when we win Super Bowl. Congrats. I didn't speak about this because I was too hyped. Congrats, man. Nothing feels better than this. Right? Nothing feels like this. And in that message, I read, Ha ha. You fake ass fan. You ain't Philadelphia. You're not a Philadelphia fan. You didn't struggle your whole life for this. You didn't will your way to victory. You didn't get a fluke ring like I did. You know? I could just feel the saltiness. And in the group chat, I'm sending funny-ass tweets in there. Nothing. Just nothing. Landon sent me the most genuine congrats. He's like, I'm so happy for you, bro. Champagne campaign. Pour the champagne over your head, as you can see on my my YouTube. I did pour champagne over my head. Um, Yeah, it was a great time. I was really drunk. But then you get into it, you know, and I understand. These guys are Cowboys fans. They are dying inside. You know, they were, they're down there with uh, the Eagles fans. Well, where the Eagles fans were. Just in the burning in the gates of hell. Help! Help me! Please! And then they're like, yo, Eagles fans, good behavior. Even though they're the worst fans in the world. Good behavior. Throwing snowballs at Santa Claus, you hadn't done it. You hadn't done it. That's the infamous story, by the way. People have done way worse. The fans in Boston and shit are way worse than like Philadelphia fans. They booed Santa Claus, and that's, like, the infamous story. But, like, the Boston stories are insane, like, killing animals and shit after they lose or, like, Canadian people rioting when they lose uh, in the Stanley Cup, wherever it was. You know, insane. But Cowboys fans are still in the gates of hell screaming for help, you know. Maybe they'll get the good behavior one day. I don't see it coming in soon. Anytime soon, I don't see it with Jerry Jones as the owner. So, but... It's okay, I've lost some friends, you know. Not the first time. <laughs> uh, over sports, man. It sucks, you know. Nobody to talk to. 
I decided to sit here and rant to my girlfriend. Yeah, and they don't understand that that when, when Tom Brady came, he just he just he's a culture setter, babe. He's a culture setter. She's like, uh huh, uh huh. And let me watch my TikTok. I'm so, I'm like, I'm sorry, but let me get this last thought off, Nia. Nia, please, Nia, please, Nia, please. Let me get this last thought off, please. Uh, when Chris Godwin, he's not making an impact with his catches and his stats, but when he's over the middle, he he brings so much attention. That's what was getting Gronk open all year. Oh my God, Jesus, some, please help me, my girlfriend. Puts up with me so much. Oh, my drama queen ass. She was like, uh, <laughs> the other night we got in an argument and we're in bed. You know, it always transfers over to the bed. And I was mad over some bets and she came upstairs and I said something like, you done hanging out with the homies? And I said it like this in my head. You done hanging out with your, your homies? Like just a genuine question. And she said, I said it with some tood. And you know, when the girls get the roux going, they're making the mac and cheese. They're like, ah, I got the flour. I'm cooking the butter down. And right when they get that going, they just start whipping the wrist. They're like, oh, I got him trapped. Oh, he's falling for it. I told me he had an attitude, and he's going for it. And I'm like, I didn't have an attitude. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Turns into, I feel like you're making it. You or her. And then I'm 25. If I wanted you or her, I would be a psychopath, and you would not be with me anymore, you know? So then I turn into a drama queen. I'm like, I always have to go over the top when she says something. And it, I have to stop doing it. I have to. But it's always this, Hunter, I just want to, like, why do you make, it It makes me feel like it's me or her. And I'm like, okay, I don't even have a, a genuinely, like, adult conversation. I'm just like, all right, young lady, from now on, you're chained to this bed. Oh, I got a little, little flyer here. You're chained to this bed. You're never leaving, and if you leave... Without my permission to go hang out with your fucking friends. You will be grounded. You will be grounded. And I start doing all this shit. And she's trying to talk. And I'm like, nah, I, I, I'm not done. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You know, childish shit. But she puts up with me. She puts up with me. And at least she'll talk to me about my Super Bowl win. I had nobody to talk to. We're tossing fucking Lombardi trophies over boat to boat. Because Tom Brady's like, I had seven of these, dude. This is my participation trophy. Participation trophy. So, but on episode 42 of Shooting the Shit with Sands, we're going to get into it, guys. The impact of Jimmy Butler. And I'm going to go over my definition of superstar, right? I have a, I have a much different definition than most people. Um, I think people look at a player list and think superstar. I look at value of winning and how you impact the game and how your team looks when you're off the floor. Not by numbers, by look. How it, the offense moves. Does it get isocentric with your second best player? Probably so. Uh, does it become stagnant and things of that nature? Like LeBron in Cleveland, that's like the most extreme case uh, with the 18 team. He could sit five minutes a night in the playoffs and they would win by four, you know? It's just shit like that. And then I'm just going to go where I saw in the great games that we had on national television this week. Um, the Heat game wasn't that great. It was awful because we had a bad start. Just Jimmy Butler showing his superstardom is amazing. Um, and he's the main guy that made me start thinking about the superstar thing. I'm sorry, there's something in my fucking eye. I keep itching it. And I don't know. It made me have a whole different thought process on what I think a superstar is. And... We're going to get into the Mavs and Hawks game and the Suns and Milwaukee game. Those are some great games. I'm just going to break those down and tell you what I saw and how I see these teams ending up. I, I saw an aggressive Giannis, and it was very fun to watch. But let's start off. Jimmy Butler, the impact of Jimmy Butler, man. 
Man, oh man. This fucking guy. Last six games since he's came back, he's averaging 24 points per game. And I'm just going to, I don't know how y'all round up. 8.5 rebounds, 8.7 assists, and he's plus 54 the last six games. You tell me. No, he's plus 59. I think I wrote it, I wrote it down over here. He's plus 59, guys. Yeah, he's plus 59. Uh, that's insane. That is that is quite insane, you know. Um, and when Jimmy steps foot on the floor this season, 13 games, we are 8-5. and five. And two of those games, Christmas, he played half the game. We still won. And the next game, my God, the Dallas game was the most useless game of Jimmy Butler's whole career, and I'm not over-exaggerating. He played 36 minutes and scored two points because he had technical free throws or clear path free throws, whatever it was. Like, he did nothing that night. It was hard to watch. He didn't make a field goal. Me and you made as many jumpers as Jimmy Butler did that night, but... I mean, it is what it is. I don't. I don't really care. I truly don't. But since he's come back, it's just been incredible to see his display of his superstardom. Now, the way he displays it, we are. We've only lost one game when he has eight or more assists. In his whole career with the Heat, we've lost like four games when he has eight or more assists. And we just become once again one of the best teams in the league when he is on the floor. We're top five in offensive rating and defensive rating when Jimmy Butler steps foot on the floor. When he's off, it is horrible. Our offensive rating's like a 78 or something like that, 79 when he's off the floor. And that counts all the games with the eight-man lineups, so it's kind of skewed, right? But is it? I mean, we are missing Drogic a lot too and Tyler Hero. So with him, with him coming on the floor... He's our only facilitator and creator on offense right now. And Bam is a creator, but Bam has done this thing where he kind of, he's kind of taken from Jimmy in the sense that he kind of waits around to see how the game's going, and I don't like it. I like the aggressive Bam, and I think he'll get back into that. And he's he's had games like against the Knicks the other night. He comes out and he's like, man, fuck this. I'm getting mine. Give me the ball. I'm getting mine. And he was getting his. And he, he just lets... He allows people who can't guard him to guard him a lot, and it pisses me off. But the impact of superstars is what Jimmy is doing. Now, I have a list here, okay? And we're going to go over my definition of a superstar. So, definition of a superstar has nothing to do with stats. It doesn't. It has to do with, once again, impact of winning. Do you change the... Um, Outlook of your team when you join a team in free agency. Example on my list, Chris Paul. Hunter, he is 36. How the fuck is he a superstar, you ask? When he got to the Suns, what did you think of the Suns? Did you just think the same thing that you thought of them? Because I know what you thought about him when he went to the Thunder. I know what you thought about them. No way they're making the playoffs. No way they're making the playoffs. Oh, buddy. Top five seed. Top five seed, buddy. Bud. You see how disrespectful I am? He is so impactful in leadership and getting people involved. And like I said on many pods ago, the thing that Chris Paul brings to the table is IQ. You will always get a play executed or he's getting to his spot. The play will be executed properly with him on the floor. 
or he is going to get a pick and roll, get to his spot, or make a pass. That's just what it is. And Chris Paul was never matched, obviously, other than with James Harden, his whole career with an elite wing score. And when he started getting matched with elite wing scores, you saw his win percentages start going up. And, you know, I, I think that Chris Paul, we thought that he was on a downturn. You know, when he was getting hurt in Houston, he started off slow one of those years before he got traded to OKC. And then he got healthy, and he's been healthy for like two, three years straight now where he hasn't missed a game. Uh, mostly last year he looked great. And I think that people just underrate him, and he's not falling off. He, he's on a plateau right now, and his plateau is like 16-7. and seven. And he started off slow scoring this year for sure, averaging like 11 points a game. I think the last four or five, He's averaging 25. Like, Chris Paul is going off. So, he's kind of getting in his rhythm offensively and realizing that he has to take more of the weight on offense and shooting in that that team because they have a lot of specialists like Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson. DeAndre Ayton isn't what we – I don't know what's wrong with that guy. He should be one of the top centers in the league. He just hasn't developed into that, you know. But this is my superstar list. And once again, it's about how the outlook of your team goes. When you put him on the floor, off the floor, if you lost him for the year, things of that nature, right? So my list is we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 superstars in the entire NBA. Okay? We have KD. This is not a player's ranking list. KD, LeBron, Steph Curry, CP3, AD, Jokic, Dame, Embiid, Jimmy, Greek Freak, and Kawhi. Now, the guys that are on the fence for me on this list, Kawhi isn't on the fence at all. Um, I, I guess the only dude on the list that's a fringe is, and I hate to say it, Anthony Davis. Because, oh, and I didn't put Harden up there. My bad. Harden is on there as well. I totally forgot James Harden. I'm so sorry. I made this list in like three seconds. So those guys, and you're and you're in your head. There's somebody out there going, bro, Kyrie, bro, naming these elite players. Paul George, he's up there. No man, you're going off skill, and I understand that. But skill does not equal wins, man. <laughs> Did you not see that with Kyrie from the get go? Kyrie has been on shit team after shit team, does not show up on playoff teams. Like, uh, it, when he played against the Bucks, you know how protected he was after that series, too? Nobody talked about that series with Kyrie versus the Bucks. He played atrocious basketball. Atrocious basketball is horrible. But these guys, AD, going to AD. He's on the fringe because I haven't seen him impact winning um, in his own right. You know? Now... With LeBron as your second best player, not now, but in the future, maybe he's not, honestly, which is insane. I think LeBron can be the best player in the league for another two or three years, up to year 20. I don't know if they win a title, you know? And I don't know if that's fair to say, but I don't think AD can lead a team to a championship. Do you? Like, honestly, do you? And I think he's shown up in playoffs. I'm not saying he's a bust or whatever. Before he went to L.A., he averaged 30 points per game in the playoffs. And he played some tough competition, man. He played the Warriors a lot. I think he played the Warriors twice and the, the Trailblazers once. And um, it just didn't go his way. But 
guys like, I don't know, the only person that shouldn't be on here is CP3, you know? And Jimmy's up there, obviously, in the superstar category. But these guys, if they left their teams, like, without CJ McCollum, nobody talks about it because Dame's out there. Without Klay uh, Thompson, Steph Curry's bringing them to the playoffs. Embiid, if he's off the floor, ask any 76ers fan. They are hard to watch, man. They are hard to watch. Um, when CP3's not out there, that Suns team probably is not going to look the same. I want to see it, though. I do want to see it. Um, KD, obviously it's KD, bronze, bronze. And just Jimmy Butler is incredible, and we look like we play heat basketball again with him out there. Um, and it's really fun to watch. And I can't wait to see where the team goes, you know. Um, yeah, I just I see a lot of a lot of nuances to the game that he brings, and we don't really we don't really see what we're missing till he's back. It's not you don't miss it when it's gone. You know, you don't know what what you got till it's gone. It's you don't know what you got until he's back. Like we're sitting here like, damn, our defense sucks. Well, when Jimmy's out there, it doesn't. It, it's it's he brings us to another gear when he's on the floor shouting at people. He's telling Max Drew, shoot the fucking ball when I pass it to you. I don't give a shit. Duncan Robinson doesn't come back for the ball in a dribble handoff. He's like, shoot the fucking ball. Come get the ball. I'm tired of you running away from the ball. You want that ball. We're getting you out of your slump. And that's the shit. That's that shit that Tom Brady brings to a locker room. Aaron Rodgers. All the top tier elite players are. This is really the thesis of my superstar list. If they're in your locker room, you think you got a shot at a title. Any series, anywhere, any day, down 3-0, you think you got a shot. For real. So, that's my description of a superstar, and that's my superstar list. And now we're on to the next section of the pod, but we're going to get into an ad break real quick. And then we're going to talk about them games that were on the other day. Alright, so I lied to y'all. I'm not going to do the whole, like, recap of the games. If you didn't see them, you didn't see them. They were fantastic games. Hold on, let me wipe this camera off. Is it? Oh, shit, dude. My my camera's been smudgy this whole time. Why didn't anybody tell me? Aren't y'all here? Um. <laughs> Alright, now this camera's, like, high def. I'm not going to redo the podcast, though. But instead, guys, I'm going to do contender versus pretenders, right? Uh, I'm doing the top five seeds of each conference. I'm going to go through them. I got four on one side, six on the other. Now, I'm doing this. I'm going to do listener questions, and I'm going to get the fuck out of here, man. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do, motherfucker. Now, I think me and Nia are going to do a top five list. Uh, Funny as hell. Go to my YouTube channel if you're on Spotify. And I will upload probably tonight or tomorrow. Me and Nia saw this thing on Degrassi. (laughs) I know, we're watching fucking Degrassi. It's a, you know your girl just watches random shit and you're sitting in the bed with her, you know, chilling. I'm over there gambling and shit. Anyways, this girl said something like, well, she was on his freebie five list. And I was like, we should, that should be our top five list for the week. Because last week the video fucked up. And she was like, down. So we have our top five celebrity freebies. <laughs> I know, insane. Um, but contenders, pretenders. So, let's rattle them off here. The 76ers, Blazers, 
uh, Celtics, Clippers, Lakers, Nets, Suns, Pacers, Bucks, and the Jazz. Now, I'm about to sneeze again, I think. Let's just start off. I just have a list right here. Contender or pretender, the 76ers. To me, obvious contender. Not because they're the number one seed. Defensive identity, found. Doc Rivers, I told y'all before the season, Doc Rivers was going to have the best Tobias Harris because he knows what he's doing. He had to interview with all the smoke. And I don't know if I brought this up on the last podcast, but um, interview with all the smoke, talking about Tobias Harris catching it in the corner and started like cooking between the legs and around the back. And he's like, what the fuck is Tobias doing? His game is straight line. We go shoot to the hole, pass. Shoot to the hole, pass. You know what I mean? Driving, uh, his little mid-range pull-up is crispy. You know what I mean? So that's his game, and Doc has brought that out. Uh, Tobias is, uh, has more effort on the defensive end. And when they had their defensive lineup out there, right, let's say uh, their defensive lineup to me, if Seth is at point and not shake, but Seth is at point because they need a lot of shooting, they put Seth, Matisse, Ben, Tobias, and Joel out there. Dude, you have three people that are clamping. And Seth is a... He's going to be a problem in the playoffs. I promise you that. It's going to be a where's he at pick and roll to him. You know? But I think Joel Embiid can negate a lot of that. And the dude, when they trap, they have Matisse and Ben to come up and pressure them, and they're both 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, Ben's like six foot, I swear he's seven foot tall, but he's not. Um, whatever they're listed at, all right? They're tall dudes, lengthy, good with the hands, all that shit, paws. Um, and they're obviously a contender. And Joel Embiid, once again, that's my MVP. My MVP is Joel Embiid. Uh, they showed the other night, and when Ben Simmons gets in his aggressive bag, they may be the best team in the NBA, in my opinion, when he is in his aggressive bag, and it's not scoring 22 points, man. It's when he gets a rebound and Ben does not slow it down. Ben is one of the best transition players in all of basketball. You get an open shot or a dunk. And uh, against the pay, uh, Blazers last night, Ben Simmons was aggressive Ben Simmons. And aggressive Ben Simmons does that shit. He was balling, man. And I... Mm, I'm not going to be the dude that keeps harping on the potential of Ben Simmons and what he could be because it's annoying to think about. I'm not even a fan of that team. I like watching them. Don't get it twisted. I love Embiid and I love Ben. I watch SEC basketball. So Ben Simmons, thing was, Ben Simmons did the same shit in college. Ben Simmons should have averaged 35 in college. You think you come into the league, literally instantly Ben was like a top 15 player or top 25 player, sorry, in the league when he came in. And in in college, he was doing the same numbers. He was like a 17, 8, and 8. Just stand at the free throw line. He would just palm the ball, pass it. Palm the ball, pass it. Drive, layup. It was insane. And they need to work that into their offense. I've been begging it for years. High-low offense with Ben Simmons would be unguardable. If you get Ben Simmons the ball at the elbow and run picks at the elbow, not the three-point line, his little baby hook floater shit going on with both hands is unguardable now. Kareem at Ben Simmons. I don't know what's happening. His hook shot is insane. If they ran pick and rolls on the little elbow at the free throw line, they would be unguardable. 
but it is what it is. And they got shooting all around him. Is what it is. Not going to tell Doc Rivers had a coach, most overrated coach in history. One championship, one championship, more three-one losses in series than anybody ever. But whatever. All right, the Utah Jazz pretenders. Hunter, why are they pretenders? They're smoking everybody, man. And Donovan Mitchell has become a superstar also uh, in that realm. I have to see him get past the first round, though, you know, um, consistently. And I, I, the Jazz are just one of those franchises. When you're raised, you know what they are, you know. I think Kobe killed that franchise 700 times. Every year it's like, this is the year the Jazz get to the finals. And then Kobe's like, second round, 40 bomb. Second round, 48 bomb. Like, he would fuck them up. He had something. Darren Williams or Paul Millsap or Carlos Boozer really pissed him off. Andre Karolinko pissed him off or something. Because Kobe hated that fucking team. I just don't see the Jazz. And they have uh, Bogdanovich now. So, whoa, buddy. Um, I just... and. Oh, also, another thing I saw was Mike Conley's been out and they're still hooping, which is a real telltale sign that they can move without Mike Conley, uh, without one of your key pieces on offense. That's pretty damn impressive with Joe Ingles running point guard. Insane that he's that skilled. It's just one of those teams, man. Grew up watching them. It's like, they're just not going to win a title. All right? I don't know how else to explain it. They're not beating the elite teams. They have nobody to guard Anthony Davis. Bro, Rudy Gobert, he can't move. Statue, mill the paint, chef's kiss us on white side. What do you else do you want from me? Okay? How many times do I have to say it? How many times do I have to say it? Okay? Uh, Donovan Mitchell is not elite enough to be better than um, the next best player on these teams, like the Blazers. Dame's going to outplay him four games out of seven. I mean consistently be the best guy on the floor. His efficiency has gone up, but I haven't seen it in the playoffs. You know, and him and Jamal's Murray, Jamal Murray's battles were impressive last year. I just don't see them winning with Rudy Gobert down there. You know, he is a shooting nightmare. Like, you can't spread the floor out, and they're going to just start trapping on the pick and rolls. You know what I mean? It's just what they're going to do. So they're pretenders to me. Second seed in the East is the Bucks. Pretenders. Why? They are what they are. They are what they were last year. They have not gotten any better. The substitution of like Bryn Forbes is a good pickup, but that doesn't make you better. The substitution of uh, Drew Holiday for Eric Bledsoe hasn't really done anything for them. Yes, they get easier looks off a of pick and roll, but in the playoffs, it's going to come down to Giannis. And you miss a pull up jumper. He's going to keep missing pull up jumpers to win games. And they're just going to do what Miami Heat does, that Miami Heat did. And we have we gave the league the formula to a lot of shit, by the way. Nobody was running matchup zone last year until the Miami Heat did it and neutralized anything the 76ers had plans of doing and just other teams making them shoot threes. And now this year we're getting torched on the three-point line because of it. But we don't have Jimmy with his hands. It makes a huge difference. Um, you see it with the 76ers I was talking about. When they get that zone going, and we made, I don't know if we created this, I'm not doing that, but we made a trend to put your guards on the corners and put your tallest guys at the front of the zone. So you have length contesting shots and getting in passing lanes. That's where most of the, the actions run on zones at the top of the zone, right? 
So we did that. I don't see the Bucks being that much better. They've always been good defensively. Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe are damn near even. We're talking about all defensive players, both of them, first team. You know, uh, Drew Holiday didn't get his credit last year, but he should have, and it sucks that he didn't. But Eric Bledsoe's first team all defense, bro. Brooke Lopez, the same dude. He's a good, good player. You know, Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Chris Middleton is Chris Middleton. He's going to piss his fucking pants. Shit himself in the playoffs again. He starts his name with KH. What do you think was going to happen? Something's off there, buddy. They're just pretenders. They haven't got any better to me. They're the same team as last year. Um, second seed in the West is the Lakers. Do I have to go over that? Contenders. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Montrezl Harrell, and Dennis Schroeder are added to that team. They lost nothing but playoff Rondo. That team lost nothing but some depth at center, which is kind of lacking this year. They actually need that. Uh, but... Montrez Hale brings such an impact of scoring there. Uh, and they don't get out-rebounded because Montrez is a very good rebounder. And they got some big bodies down there willing to rebound. That I don't know. I don't need to go into that. They just won the championship. Period. Number three seed in the East is the Nets. Of course, they're contenders. I'm not the dude that's going to sit here and bullshit you with narratives. You know, um, you know when like... Uh, they started saying that KD would ruin team chemistry in Golden State, but he they added like the second best player in the world. Like that is a fucking dumb take. You know? Like we're can we stop doing that? How is LeBron gonna work with a center? He's never worked with a true center or true power forward like Anthony Davis that can actually get his own shot and stuff. And they won a championship. How is he gonna work with D Wade? These guys both need the ball, won a championship. How is Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul going to work with James Harden. They both dribble so much. Western Conference Finals should have won over 27 from the three-point line. They lost. They should have beat the Golden State Warriors. What are we talking about? Let's stop with the fake narratives. They have three top 10 guys on the same fucking team. They give up 150. They score 175. Get over it. In the playoffs, it's not going to look good. They're going to have, I think they're going to have some tough series in the playoffs. Whether it's the Heat or the Celtics or... A great defensive team like the 76ers who can now score. Because who the fuck is guarding Joel Embiid on that team? Only chance they had was Jared Allen. He ain't got a shot. DeAndre Jordan might foul out within six minutes of playing time. Playing at Joel Embiid. So, whatever. There's going to be lineups. I swear, you're going to see a lineup out there in the playoffs. Where Kevin Durant is guarding Joel Embiid. You're going to see it. And he's going to back him down into the fucking pad, and he's just going to morph into the pad. The pad on the the basket, he's just going to morph into it, into the NBA logo. So, yeah, the Nets are contenders, but, like, they have some flaws, but that does not mean you're not a contender. All right, we're going to start getting through these. Um, Third seed, we already did that. Fourth seed in the West is the Suns pretenders. I think they're a very good team, and they're going to challenge people. I think they're going to play tough defense, and they can score. Uh, against the the Mavericks, they had six guys in double digits. Jay Crowder's getting 16 boards or some shit. You know, they have talent to win. And Devin Booker can put up 40. 35 any given night. One of the most skilled scorers in the NBA. It's uh, He's very fun to watch, man. He's a fun kid to watch play. Kid. I'm calling him a kid because he's younger than me. So, fucking insane. And uh, 
I think that they're shooting great. I think DeAndre Ayton is going to be a problem with his foul trouble. And then they're going to have Frank Kaminsky in there down low. Um, they're not going to have a lot of good bigs down there when it comes to, to having some depth. They need to make a trade to get depth with centers, but they're not going to probably. Uh, and, yeah, I think they're they're a good team. And they may go to the second round and just lose to, like, the Lakers and the Clippers. You know what I mean? Or the Jazz. So, um, and the fourth seed in the wet or the East is Boston. They are a contender to me. They have flaws offensively. Uh, Kimball Walker is a big deal, right? And they're kind of on this, when they got on that road trip, they were kind of off, on and off. They'd win one, lose two, win two, lose one. Marcus Smart is a big deal for them. I think that their problem in the playoffs is, and Jason Tatum is getting better with playmaking. I think they're one year away. They're not going to win it this year, but they're one year away from being in that real title contention. I would put like $20, $25 on a preseason prop on them to win the title because Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are turning into, I think they will be considered in two years probably, two top shit. 10 and 15 players. Um, Jason Tatum's already, like, he has that media bias where he gets protected, and his defense is getting better, and so is his playmaking. But Jalen Brown is the best defender on that team. He's one of the best scorers. He is the second-best scorer on the team by far. And Kimball Walker will be a problem in the playoffs. He always is. Kimball was in Charlotte. He was the hero. He was the man. He has two guys on that team that are better than him. And he just needs to learn how to play point guard. He never had to play point guard in his whole career. Go look back, bro. He is a scoring, he is a 5'10 shooting guard. That's what he is. He's a 5'9, 5'10 shooting guard. He's not a point guard. He's just listed as a point guard. I keep telling y'all that. He needs to take his open shots that he gets from Jason and Jalen Brown and become a consistent three-point shooter. And I think they would have a really good chance to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know? Uh... But, yeah, I think they have talent. They have depth now. Tristan Thompson's a huge deal. I think they went and got him because Bam Adebayo and our driving and size, our size was shooting, and them not being able to switch pick and rolls against the Heat kind of made them realize we need more mobility but also not lack on the rebounding end, and that helped with Tristan Thompson. Daniel Tice is a good-ass player, by the way. I think that dude is good. So he can shoot. He can score when he's on a mismatch. I don't know. I like Daniel Tice, but they needed some depth there, and Robert Williams is a goddamn circus act in the fact that he's so up and down. He's a roller coaster, you know? But I think that kid has some talent, though. Robert Williams does. So they, they upgraded in size, and that should help him out. Um, The fifth seed in the West is the Blazers. Obviously, I have them as contenders. How, Hunter? How? Last year, once again, guys, they had nobody healthy. They got healthy and went on a run. People forget that Dame took them to the Western Conference Finals, what, two years ago? You know what I mean? I mean, when Kawhi won his title, the Warriors had to face the Blazers. Um, And was it that year? I think it was that year. But, yeah, the Blazers have such an improved lineup than last year. Oh, man. They have more scoring. Zach Collins ain't, ain't there. Bro, Zach Collins refuses to stay healthy. Uh, Ennis Cantor can't play defense. Nurkic is a pretty damn good player. They need interior defense very badly. 
but they have more perimeter defense than they've had in years now, you know, and they they can shoot the lights out. They got Carmelo, Gary Trent, obviously Damon CJ, who can go for 30 a night, each of them. I think they lack on the defensive end, but I think in the playoffs, if they are fully healthy, which they have not been all year, CJ, Nurkic, goddamn Zach Collins once again, we're talking about guys that are essential to their rotation, right? It's just not looking good. But shout out Melo. Should be top 10 score if he didn't get blackballed. But I still think they're a contender when it comes down to the end of the year. Right now, they are not. They are not a contender right now. But if they get healthy through the season, they will be. And I will update y'all on if I still think that in the future. Uh, is that it? Oh, the number five seed in the East is the Pacers. They are not a contender. They have Sabonis, who is going up people's top players list as he should be. That dude is so impactful, it is absurd. And I think they are a tough out, but they are not a contender. There's a difference. Y'all know the difference. There's tough outs like the, like who, people thought the Heat were a tough out last year, and we are, but we had superstar power with a tough out. They don't have superstar power with a tough out. That's where the Jazz, where Donovan Mitchell could, um, set himself up to be considered one of those guys in the league if they're a tough out and he shows his superstardom. Because Rudy Gobert ain't no superstar. He is getting paid like Shaq said. He getting paid 30 M's that do nothing. He does this. I got it. Hands up. I'm vertical. I'm vertical. Bum. He's a bum. Um, But yeah, those are my, my contenders. 76ers, Boston, Blazers, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Nets. I didn't go over the Clippers. Um, I'll go to the Clippers after this. The Jazz, the Bucks, the Pacers, and the Suns are pretenders. The Clippers. Kawhi, Paul George. Duh. Paul George is playing his ass off. I still don't believe in him in the playoffs. I don't. But their team built around those guys is absurd, man. That team is fucking good. They are sc- Serge Ibaka was one of the biggest additions of the offseason. He has made that down low impenetrable pause. They can't get in there. They can't put it in the hoop. I was about to say they can't get in there, put it in the hole. Whoa. Turn the podcast off. And he can shoot, play defense. It That team is looking great. Kawhi Leonard. It's so funny how narrative shifts because Kawhi Leonard is still playing that great of basketball to be considered the greatest player in the world. And he just went down a few notches because he choked last year in the playoffs. You know? And all those guys that were saying he was the best in the world have shut up. And they need to. Just let Braun... Dude, by default, Braun is the best in the world until proven otherwise. It was not proven otherwise. If he was in the playoffs and loses to him, cool. He missed 25 games. So, there you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, that's pretenders and contenders. I'm going to come back with a listener question. Woohoo! I'm going I'm to only spend 10 minutes on it. Uh, the Thursday podcasts are my longer podcast, and that's cool. I like doing the longer podcasts, to be honest. But uh, yeah, man, I'm going to do a listener question. Get the fuck out of here. All right, let's get into the listener question. All right, guys. Back with the listener question. So we have a question here. Don't you find it irresponsible for credentialed media members and journalists to make decisions on end-of-year voting 
with narratives at the forefront of their reasoning. So basically he's asking like, yo, for the MVP trophy, this year Giannis is out of the question. Giannis can't win MVP this year. He could play better than that year. You know, he could play better than last year. Russell Westbrook did the same thing two years in a row and didn't finish, I think, top three in voting the next year because he did triple-double two years in a row, averaging. But the whole narrative was that year, Russell Westbrook, is he's averaging a triple-double. And then this year, um, Giannis can't win one. He won't win one yet. Y'all think I'm kidding. He would have to he would have to score thirty nine to forty five points a game, bro. Forty to forty five points a game to be considered and get the one seed. Y'all think I'm kidding. I'm not joking. Like I'm not kidding with you. When just like when LeBron lost his ring to D Rose. Yes, D Rose had an amazing season. He averaged twenty two points though. Let's not get crazy. Average twenty two points a game. LeBron was in his prime. LeBron was the best player on the planet, and it was not close. He was the best defensive player and the best offensive player in the world. Shot a higher percentage than Steph Curry from 15 feet out that year. He was insane with his jumper that year. And D-Rose got it because he was a second-year player, I believe, and led a team to 62 wins. And LeBron was on a stacked Heat team that... uh, D-Wade, I think, was unhe- wasn't healthy, uh, fully healthy that year. And they got the second seed, I believe, or something like that. And they went with the guy who got the one seed, which is, I mean, it, was, it wasn't, he earned it. He didn't deserve it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think he played a great season. But it's narratives like that, and it is irresponsible in my opinion. Of course it is. Like, this whole LeBron thing right now, LeBron finally got his shit across, like, Listen, AD has been out. He's probably telling AD to sit out more. He's like, AD is playing like shit compared to what he usually plays like. Um, I'm in LA. I'm playing three overtime games. It's my 18th season, whatever it is. I'm 36. Like, you know what I mean? And the narrative is getting pushed towards that. He's doing this and this year? What the hell? Joel Embiid is unfortunately in the... Uh, category of Giannis, in my opinion, of, well, you hadn't won nothing yet, so we don't really care until you show it in the playoffs, which is stupid. Because then next year, when Joel comes back and has the same season next year, if he doesn't win the MVP trophy, and they go on to to the finals, right? Then next year, he's going to be at the top of everybody's MVP voting. Ooh, what about Joel Embiid? What about Joel Embiid's uh, MVP chances. Oh well, I think I think here he has a great chance because last year they go to the finals. He led to the finals. He was the MVP of that team last year, and I personally thought he could have been the MVP uh, this year, last year as well. No, you didn't, or you would have voted for him. This is like a uh, LeBron's finally getting his Elder Statesman Award, right? Last year he got his his uh, his easiest championship, and once again, guys. Ask any of my friends. I'm a LeBron dick rider. Pause. That's what I do. I ride LeBron's coattails wherever he goes, right? I'm a diehard Heat fan. I love LeBron. Love him. He's my GOAT, bro. But this year, the MVP trophy should go to guys like Steph Curry, Joel Embiid, people like that, not him. No offense to him, but 
LeBron is amazing, and he's doing amazing things this year. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, and the narratives that go along with NBA anything, six-man-of-the-year awards, fucking defensive player of the year awards. Like, Ben Simmons is the best defensive player in basketball, in my opinion, right now. In my opinion, he's the best defensive player in basketball. He can guard one through five. There's only a few guys that can do that. But the narrative is Giannis is this ultimate two-way player. Ben Simmons' offense isn't good enough, so you have to. he's not in that level of player. Like, how do I explain this? You know there's that top, those the two-way player list. I don't understand that list. I don't understand the two-way player list. I don't. If you're the best defensive player, in, if you're a top three defensive player, Ben Simmons, in the league, and you average 17, 8, and 8, you're a two-way player. He didn't have to average 25, but the narrative is he's not a top 10 player on their little on their little chart. So if you're not in the top 10 players on their little chart, you can't be a defensive player of the year. But they keep giving defensive player of the year to Rudy Gobert because he's a center. And the only impact he makes is defensive. You want to talk about a one-trick pony? Is him. He protects the rim. That is it. He cannot switch. He can't do anything. But they put Rudy Gobert in this bubble of guys that aren't elite that can win that award because he's a specialist at that. Golly, I'm my retainer. I'm going on a rant. He's a specialist at what he does on a team that is defensive-minded. So if you're the best defensive player on a defensive-minded team, you have to be up there. It makes no sense. Or you have to be on the Lakers with LeBron and be his second-best player. And Anthony Davis is a generational talent. I'm not disputing that. Giannis is a generational talent. I am not disputing that. But a narrative that runs with Rudy Gobert being a better defender than them is absurd. They're more versatile than Rudy Gobert could fucking dream of being. Rudy Gobert is one of the least versatile players in the NBA. Yeah, you heard me. You heard me. It kills me to see these narratives be pushed. Like, Joel Embiid to me, what are they, the the one seed in the East, right? Yeah, one seed in the East. He's averaging 30 points a game. But since he hasn't played every game, he's not on your top of your MVP list. But Jokic isn't even a top four seed, but he's on the top of your list because he's keeping them alive in the playoff race. What is, like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? (laughs) Don't, dude, he's the best player on the team (laughs) at the top of his conference. And the thing is, you take that and you put him in the MVP category, but then you look at Donovan Mitchell, who is fucking hooping, who is the best player on his team by far, on the number one seed in the West, and he isn't even being talked about. Like, he's not even talked about. It is hysterical how these national media people do it. I don't get how they get away with it every year. And I'm on the Max Kellerman train of the MVP should be the end of the year award. I've been on that train. Because you've already pushed your narratives that way anyways. Your narratives are directed through the playoffs anyways. Because then these guys, it's a regular season award. Focus on the regular season. You're focusing on this season, not last season. James Harden should have won more than uh, his MVP, but he literally got a pity MVP trophy. James Harden did the same shit 
two to three years in a row, and then y'all finally gave him his MVP trophy because he got the narrative shifted that he got snubbed and all that shit, just like Dame Lillard. And it worked in Dame's favor. Dame is an amazing player. I don't disagree with him, but it's a narrative that he got the All-Star. He didn't make the All-Star team, and he was crying. Bradley Beal is a definite All-Star starter, hopefully this year, after crying. And they're one of the worst teams in the league. You know? Like, I that's the narratives that get pushed. And also, the fans got to stop voting on All-Stars, bro. They have to stop voting on All-Stars. Now, I can't disagree with Bam and, um, Bam and Jimmy being behind the guys that they're behind. They're behind, like, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen, uh, Jalen Brown, not Jalen Brown, uh, Giannis, like, he, they're behind some top-tier guys. I'm not complaining about on my side. Just some dudes that don't make the playoffs or, like, are on the bench are fucking crazy. Oh, they're behind Joel and somebody else. forgot who else it is. But anyways, just fucking insane. The narratives y'all paint to form, um, and I'm not into the news media shit, form it how you want. The sports media is the same way where they form narratives um, and people just go with it, you know? They just blurb whatever they say out of their mouth. So then that gets transferred all over social media and then it gets pushed and everybody's like, what the fuck? How did uh, James Harden not win the MVP? And then he cries about it. And when Steph Curry's out here averaging 32 points a game and he's playing 29 minutes. Like, what? no shit. No shit he won the MVP. You know? Let me get off my high horse here. But yeah, once again, y'all don't, y'all don't have a true criteria of an MVP trophy. And it's a narrative-based... Most awards are narrative-based anyways. So, it is what it is. Whatever. Like a dude like Jalen... Uh, like Luca. This is my last 30 seconds of this. Luca should not be in the most improved players fucking pool. Stop. Stop, stop, stop. People forget he wasn't even playing 30... He was playing like 31, 32 minutes his rookie year. And if he got his 40 minutes or whatever, 36, he would be averaging the same numbers he is now. But, you know, I'm done with this topic. Thank you for writing in the question. And sports media is annoying. How about you get a true criteria of your trophy. Best player on the best team, uh, uh, best plus minus, the off and on court, whatever. But that has been the podcast, episode 42. Hey, we're going, baby. We're running. We're running. We're going to get to 50. We're going to get to 100, 125, 150. So hope y'all enjoyed the pod. The pod goat greatest ever is out. All right, man. Y'all have a wonderful day, evening, afternoon, wherever you listen to this. I'm out. Enjoy the song of the day. Bleed It by L. Bat. I'm out. Deuce. You murdered me, let's shoot and wrote up a eulogy. They friended me, Zachy like friends in me. I could not blow with no sympathy. When talking about history, bury me, messing my jealous and display the recipe. Bury me back at the hurt, talking two straps, then throw me into the river. Put some cheese on my neck, that's cold, they give me shivers. Water cold barrel to mess my temper tree. All of my eggs are like egg souls, and I still pop them. Out of pills, but I still drop them. Out of visa, I can still cop them. Talking about racks, fuck a price tag, better yet, I put one on your head. Put the candle on the top, it's down. Make a nigga wanna wish you were dead. Need an arm or a leg for all of the help just to go and kick your little nigga.